0: That's fair. I mean, I'm just saying no one would want to do this show. Hey, everybody, we're back. Welcome to the Maso Menos Mexicanos podcast. I'm Sammy Gonzalez, a.k.a. The Mexelance, our inaugural episode. It's going to be a great time, and uh, I just want to say welcome, everybody. We're we're releasing a whole flurry of new content here at The Mexelance, so we hope you subscribe, do all those things. Just follow us at The Mexelance. But you know what? Marcos, you're the lead here, so introduce yourself and then introduce the rest of the cast, because everyone knows me because they hear my voice all the time.
1: Well, the issue with that is they hear my voice just as much at this point because I've been on the Mexicans podcast for a year and a half now. No, two years. But uh, I am the co-host, co-captain, and this was just kind of my idea just in the sense that um, we, uh, because half our hosts are black, there's a lot of black media and a lot of black con- uh, narratives about like what it's like to be black in America. There's not a lot or close to none about what it's like to be Hispanic or Mexican or or Latinx. Whatever term you want to use, it all goes into the, the mess of what does it mean to be Mexican? Because, hey, man, the, we can't even get a label down right. Like Right.
0: Just you saying all of those made me uncomfortable that we were going to get canceled. Because <laughs> I don't know. And the thing is, which is going to be interesting once we go into it, is that it seems like all of us are right in kind of that in between where we're all kind of like oh yeah we can still learn new things and then slowly but surely getting locked into our old habits so let's go ahead and finish our uh, our introductions here joining us uh did I nope didn't do it right down in the diagonal the three spot we have joining us for the third time and hopefully many more times
2: yeah Hi, what's up, guys? My name is Alyssa. Um, this is my like Sam said, my third time on the podcast. Super excited to be here. And then to my right, oh, other yeah.
0: way, other way. Oh. <laughs> and this there is our special go. guest in our fourth <laughs> rotating seat on this podcast, uh, Marco. Uh, I'm sorry, MJ, because 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 this gentleman here has a very similar name. It's the exact same. Uh, it was like, hey man, I got a cool pool. And so Marco, our special guest today. Hopefully it's not confusing the audio listeners. Marco, how do you pronounce your last name? And let us know what you do, and what you are, and how you've been.
3: So my last name's Lopez. I put Marco Scag because um, I usually that's how I put myself on um, on Facebook or whatever. The whole Marco's Marco thing. I don't know if it like it's weird because I I never respond to Marcos, but I've learned to respond to Marcos. Because like everybody always calls me Marcos anyway, right? And and, <laughs> and
0: and and we call him Mark, Marky, Marco, Marcos, Marky, Mark. He just answers to all of it, so we just take our pick.
3: You know what? You know what would be easier if you can pronounce it in Spanish. Um, I like I, I pronounce. I introduce myself to people like me. llamo
0: Marco. Okay. So not not Marco, Marco. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. The guy. <laughs> the guy at the American flag. Marco. The guy uh, who had some cool art artwork in the background, I saw. Marco. got it. I don't know much Spanish. If not, actually, I don't know many. I don't know any Spanish, but I can say things with the accent. So, uh, MJ, let's just do it that way for now. Go ahead and get us started. I mean, you have everything written down. You have the the format of this show, and you want to, you know, let's take well, us where we are. I figured this was
1: as opposed to the political podcast that we did for the first time last week. A different kind of a horse because it's not this isn't about, uh, stats and, and figures. It's about how do you, as a person today, what, what parts of you help identify as Mexican American? Because, and what I was trying to do was get a conclave of different people. Uh, Alyssa is very familiar with Latinx. You're from California and you, and your whole Mexican experience is different from the rest of us. Uh, and then Marco, as an activist, and then just with what we were going on in the pre-show, has had a completely different experience from the three of us. So what you grab that makes up a culture that makes you Mexican is different from almost anything else.
0: Right. So how do you want to start how we position? Are we just going to be like, hi, I'm Sam and I'm Latinx. Are we going to do that or how are we going to do that? Because I'm curious because well, I mean, it's a hard it's hard to come up with what we are because there's so many dang Definitions of us and there's so many different countries that we're accounting for in the overall scope of things. So here the show is Mexicanos because we're Mexicanos, but well, let's let's start with the
1: easy one because you're already getting called out for this in the in the chat. Oh, Do you know, Spanish.
0: And learn Spanish, damn it, which I've heard my entire life. So let's start with myself, Sammy Gonzalez, born and raised in Fresno, California, Uh, salt (laughs) of the earth, farm workers, and all that stuff. Um, I identify, I think, the most accurate definition for me at the time where I said, all right, I'm sticking to this one, is Chicano. Now... Chicano has a lot of weight to it, because if you look at the history of the term Chicano, Chicano, by definition, is not necessarily even an ethnicity, because you could be white, you could be black, and be Chicano, but it's essentially the culture that's identified with American-born, first, second-gen, third-gen people, and so that was when they started identifying it, I want to say it was 30s, 40s, around World War II is when like Chicano started being like a term that people would use for themselves, and... From there, you got, like, the zoot suits and all that kind of thing and that kind of look, and then that eventually snowballed into, like, the Chicanos, when you think about, like, of the 90s, headbands, tank tops, khakis, and long socks, and cholos, and stuff like that. I've never been any of that, despite this shirt, but... (laughs) it's just, uh, it's most accurate to me because I'm not born from Mexico. I'm not first gen, second gen. I'm third gen. My grandparents were born here except for one. And even then that was just, uh, they were visiting Mexico. She was born there, then brought back to the States. So I'm about as American as apple pie, but nobody sees me as that because they're like, oh, what are you? I'm American. No, but what are you? And then Mexican. And then I don't speak Spanish. That's a whole other element of my identity, which we'll get to later.
1: Well, uh, it's just really weird that, I mean, well, not weird, or, I mean, yeah, no, I'm going to go with weird. <laughs> I, I'd never heard Chicano as a descriptive term my entire life. Like, it, it was Hispanic my entire life. And then right. it grew into something else.
0: Right. And from my understanding, Hispanic is a census term, just of Spanish origin. So that's it's probably um, why. Right. And Texas. Loves using official terms for weird things, <laughs> and then you know our friend Ray—he calls himself Hispanic—and we don't call ourselves Hispanic unless we're filling out the paperwork for the government, <laughs> like when you're doing your SATs or whatever. It's like, what are you? Uh, which always confused me. Whereas, like, I'm Black, White, Pacific Islander, Asian, uh, White, and then having quotes, not Hispanic. That's like, wait, what? Okay, yeah, uh, I, I'm Hispanic or slash Latino. That was our choices growing up. And so I've always been Hispanic, Latino, Czech, and not white, not Hispanic, whatever. Leave that alone. I
3: always I always like Emiliano Zapata's um, version of, or whenever you'd say, like, um, no me llames hispano porque no soy de, de Latinoamérica, no me llames... Um,
1: um, latino. Por-
3: la- latino. No, no me llames latino porque no soy de Latinoamérica, no me llames hispano porque no soy de España. Mexicano. Right. Yeah.
1: But I, I think that you already got the ball. Just run with it. I mean, I, I, I want to hear what you have to say, especially when. Um, so for those that are uninitiated, so Mark uh, Marco plays for a band called Los Skagletos, mm-hmm. and they are a ska band from McAllen. Would you say McAllen is a city rep? Yeah, I'd say I'd say that.
3: Let's just so, so let's just make that one as a central one. We're all kind of from like Edinburgh, McAllen
1: oh mm. cool there you go yeah. uh i have friends from edinburgh um but yeah it's yeah it's a ska band and you may not know them as much for the music but you have definitely heard of the causes that they've supported like your network for what you've done to support the, um, the people uh, animals shelters turtles like is amazing
3: it's definitely like like i think they go hand in hand i think um like I know I know when I wanted to start this band, like I, I had this background of like hearing political music and but like I felt like they weren't interconnected. And and I know that there were some bands that would do political things, like anti flag, for example. They would participate in protest. Um and I felt that I wanted to do something with my music. And I think that kind of drew in like the rest of the Skags, for example, like that it was it wasn't just like a we're going to talk about politics, but nah, man, we're going to actually like be activists too and use our, our music and see if we can do something with it. And I think that's what kind of like, at least here in the Valley, it's like got us a lot of popularity. I mean, I,
1: this is almost another topic for another episode that I'd like (laughs) you to come back to. And it's just the Valley. What do we do about it? It's the most ignored part of probably the entire country. There's uh, I I don't think there's any well there's definitely no major colleges maybe there's community colleges there's no industry I think I just saw a vice special I think it was about Presidio being like the most impoverished place in the entire United States.
3: No shit. Uh, yeah. I know that a lot of, uh, of, of people or don't 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 they ignore us right? They ignore us um, financially, like in political sense. Like financially, they don't fund the Valley a lot, but Politically, we're still like we're still like the 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 talk of everybody, right? They're militarizing our border. There's a bunch of freaking cops here, a bunch of DPS, mm-hmm. um, like there's cops everywhere here. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to a. I work at a nonprofit, and we're going to be going to Rio grand City. Um, Governor Abbott recently just released a bunch of like
2: uh,
3: DPS troopers to come to the valley, and I swear to God, man, like every freaking it's not even like every quarter mile you'll see a freaking dps like officer and they're like it sucks because they're using our money for that and they're just sitting in the freaking cars they're not doing anything about the immigration like the people coming in it's not like helping and it's not like it's hurting for sure like when they start separating families but it's not helping like them you know like it's not helping us either because we're using that money when it could be used like for infrastructure for example
1: Right, like it could be used for infrastructure, and instead it's being used to like, hey, you ran that stop sign, or just dumb.
3: Oh, yeah, so. or yeah, they, they, they end up stopping. Like they become kind of like a menace. They end up stopping the, the regular folk, and they're kind of like, well, you're supposed to be looking out for us for the border, but you're you're kind of stopping me for speeding. Right, and, and it's, <laughs> it's kind of like it, it's it's, it's kind of dumb. Like it doesn't make any sense. Right.
2: Um, Another thing that I I saw in the news about the Valley recently um, was that Elon Musk was trying to take over Boca Chica Beach and like just privatize it and build like his own city or something like that.
3: Right. And he he was he was he was definitely like like he he recently gave 30 million to uh, the city of Brownsville to like uh, develop downtown area of Brownsville. And it just sucks, man, because since we're really poor, you know, 30 million is like a lot of money. And like, yes. what, are you, like what are we supposed to say? Like, how dumb would we be if we said like, no, man.
0: Right. <laughs> well, the worst outcome of that is um, I had an ex-girlfriend who lived out in uh, Wisconsin where they were doing like the whole Foxconn stuff where they put a bunch of money into factories being like, we're going to take it all away from China. Then they just abandoned it. And then the city got foot uh, fo- with a bill. And so, like, there's a huge thing where Elon Musk, he's like a 12-year-old, where he'd be like, all right, I'm going to go here, and I'm going to make this whole area my big uh, oasis of, of technology and jobs, and then he could just be like, I changed my mind. Bye because the power system can't hold energy, which we're finding out uh, in February. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. and yeah. apparently there's warnings of it for this summer about how we're all going to yeah. die from overheating. So that's yeah. exciting. I'm looking forward to that, because <laughs> as a Californian, I know a thing about rolling blackouts, and I love those. Ugh,
3: it, it sucks, man. Like the, A lot of people, actually people died from the, the freeze that we had here. In no,
0: the- yeah, no, I, I joke to keep Thank from crying.
3: It, it's fucked up. Like I didn't, I didn't think it was that. I mean, I knew it was bad. But I didn't know that it got that bad, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, it, you know the Elon Musk thing. Like I, I, I love science and I love space um, for a long time. Like I, I always argue this whole thing of intersectionality of how we're all supposed to be like on the same page. like as an activist. Like we, if if one group's against something, we all got to be against it. Well. Here comes Elon Musk and I love space, right? And <laughs> right. all my friends started calling me out because I'm like Right. <laughs> like, dude, the rockets, like I'm so like no. infatuated by his fucking rocket. Space Mexicans. Then,
0: I want space Mexicans. That's what I want. Yeah, that
3: dude, one hundred percent space Mexicans, because like we're, we're not there yet. Right. And and that's like that was my whole point, right? But then the little bastard decides to say that he wants to outsource fucking people. And not fucking educate and support the local, like, labor force. Right. Like, to educate us so we can be fucking astronauts, which has been, like, a fucking dream since I was little, right? Right. And so when that happened, I was like, man, fuck SpaceX. Like, (laughs) I I wanted to, like, market. I have this, like, sticker that says, like, uh, no border wall, no no ice, and no... SpaceX, and I, had, I told friends, I was like, I'm just going to, like, Sharpie the SpaceX. <laughs> it out. But, like, now I'm just like, nah, man, fuck them. Like, right. they don't want to fucking, like, help us, like, get ahead. Like, that's not cool, man. Like, we're, you know, people come to the Valley because they like exploiting us, and supposedly we're very content people, and we don't fucking, like, like, we take shit. We'll take fucking 50-cent jobs just to fucking, like, picking fruits, because... We need to survive, right? Like, right. and it's real screwed up. Like, and, and people take advantage of that. Like, they'll come, they'll bring the jobs, right? But it's never fucking jobs that are like fifteen dollars an hour. It's fucking seven twenty-five jobs. That's why they bring the jobs, they can exploit the shit that they could be paying somebody twenty-one dollars in another state.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And and so the, that's a little bit of the background, and kind of for. That area, which is very similar to the Central Valley in terms of farm workers, labor being exploited, all that stuff. And we'll get into kind of how that affects how we identify ourselves a little bit further. But Alyssa, you being, you know, uh, out of the same er area, same area, right? Same area as them growing up kind of the border or where'd you grow up? So
1: we're we're actually us and uh, Marco are separated by about four or five hours. We're from Eagle Pass. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you you know where that is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the only thing we're famous for is the casino, really. Um, yeah. That's, that's,
3: what I, that's what I think of Eagle Pass. Like, that's it. The only
1: thing that's
0: there. Um, Basically, man. <laughs> so that,
3: that's your job. That and me. That,
1: that, that, was that was our SpaceX that came to our city and then just took <laughs> over all the jobs. And, like, because oh, honestly, if I can't think of one person from my hometown that I grew up with that doesn't work in the oil fields, is a teacher. Something in the government, like uh, J.J.'s brother works uh, in de- in charge of deeds or whatever for the city, or the casino. That's it. That's right. all the jobs that are there.
2: I'm not going to talk shit about the casino, though, because I don't, like, it's not an out-of-town investor. Like, the Kickapoo tribe own it, don't they?
1: Yes. Okay. I, I'm not trying to talk about it. I'm, it's not as bad as SpaceX, but I just meant in the sense that, like... That's if it wasn't for that, I don't know what the fuck Eagle Pass. Eagle Pass would be cremado, is what it would be.
3: What are, what are they paying the workers, man? That's what I'll argue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, are they actually get paid more than probably anything else you can find in the city that doesn't involve working, putting yourself at danger, like being a security guard or something like that. Uh, and I don't mean a security guard at the mall. I mean at at the prison. Jeez,
3: oh,
0: um, <laughs> There's a prison in Eagle Pass?
1: Every every county has a prison.
0: Oh, I guess. I mean, I just we. Like California does it real big. We have our big giant facility, so it's like, oh, that's weird that that such a small place has a has a prison.
1: Well, it's just a county prison, but still, you still. get paid like twenty five dollars to work there because right. you might get stabbed or I mean, honestly, in this year, not to get too into sidetracked again, uh, co- <laughs> you're pretty likely to catch COVID if you
0: work in a in oh that yeah situation.
1: Absolutely. For
3: sure. Yeah, I think in all prisons, you're you're more than likely gonna catch COVID. Right. Because no. we don't
0: take care of our prisoners, which is another argument for another day we'll get into. But uh, but Alyssa, I guess that, that leads us to you now. How do you identify yourself and what's kind of part of your upbringing of how you choose to identify yourself in that way?
2: Yeah. Um. So my last name is Bunting, and that's obviously not Mexican at all. Um. I'm a quarter white. Um, Traitor. So- <laughs> Um, but on my mother's side, um, I am a second generation um, I like to identify as Tejana, honestly um, nice, what sight I bar. Feel
0: nice little neat, like nice little specific identifier that people are familiar with, thanks to Selena.
2: yeah well, so what's really <laughs> interesting to me is that like I you know I identified as like you know mexicana, right. you know, for the longest time, and it wasn't until I was overseas, and um, I was having, like, a really nice conversation because um, our server was Puerto Rican, and, like, I was, like, oh, my God, yes, like, someone who, like, speaks the same language as me. Right. And um, I think he kind of felt the same way. And um, he was asking, like, where we were from, and we're, like, oh, we're Mexicana, we're from um, Eagle Pass, Texas. And then he was, like, oh, so you're not Mexicana, you're Tejana. And then after that, I was kind of, like, yeah, no, I, I am. I am Tejana. That is like what I am most comfortable with. Um, but on my mom's side, I am second generation. Um, my mom's mom is from Piedras Negras, right across from Eagle Pass. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom's dad is from Sabinas, a little bit further into Mexico. Um, my dad's mom is from San Benito, down in the valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, my grandfather, I believe, is from Mississippi. Um but growing in, up in Eagle Pass, uh, I lived with my grandparents on my mom's side for the first half, um, I would say up until like kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So my first language was Spanish. Right. And um, that was really fun. Um, what was really interesting is I moved to the valley. I moved to Harlingen um, during fourth grade. And for whatever reason, I lost all of my Spanish. Mm-hmm. I could in also- Harlingen? Yeah, in Harlingen, I was really surprised to like in my elementary class, it Might have just been like the school I was at or what it was, but
1: do you remember what grade you were in?
2: What grade I was in? I was in fourth grade. fourth grade, yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: so I I don't know if this was the case, and also a lot of this has to go back with like I don't remember being nine, but um, I remember in I used to be like my my uncle, my Theo and Theas would be like you were the perfect bilingual child, but I, I mean I was. I was put in like the advanced classes or whatever is advanced at first grade. Right. And I was literally punished for speaking Spanish in class.
0: Right. Which is fucked up because we could say we could curse on this uh, podcast Marco if you if you if you if you're so inclined. Um but because I mean I
3: already I, I would have been bleep like a log. <laughs>
0: I don't have that button set up, you're good. But uh but but MJ the thing about it is the reason why I don't speak Spanish is rooted from my dad's 1950s upbringing with his elementary school. First thing they try to do, he's a kindergarten. You know, my name is Samuel Gonzalez with the accent on the A and an E Z. They go, no, you spell it E S. He goes, he's like five years old. What? <laughs> no, it's E S. It's like no, it's E Z. He had to fight the teacher for that. Okay, cut cut a little bit there. He keeps speaking Spanish. Uh, I think he's, he's still he's halfway bilingual, maybe fourth or fifth grade. But in fifth grade, apparently his English wasn't good enough, so they put him in special ed. Not yeah. like educate, not like English to learn or ESL as we have it now. Mm-hmm. Special ed. And my dad's a smart dude. He put four kids through college on you know without a college degree. He figured it out. But they essentially beat it out of him, punished him until it was no longer his language. And he actually just told me this and reiterated this again. He still thinks in Spanish, but his English, but he speaks English. So he has to convert Spanish when he's, his thoughts are in Spanish, but his words are in English. And he can kind of speak Spanish, but he's almost entirely lost it. So for you saying that, what, 90, 95, I guess, 96?
2: 91, so like maybe like 97. Right. Did yeah, that happen would, to you,
0: Alyssa, as well? Like, oh, yeah, I mean, Harlingen, oh, yeah, well, like, you uh, didn't beat it out it of you, I don't think, but Like, that. like natural. So
2: my mom definitely went through that, like, in Eagle Pass, which is strange because it's, like, right on the border. Right. Um, she went through that. But I never really went through that in school, like, where they would, like, punish me, like, for speaking Spanish. Like, in when I moved to Harlingen, I learned that my teacher was the only one who could speak Spanish. So, like, she would, you know, sometimes talk to me in Spanish and things like that. Um, but it was, like, my classmates and, like, who I... You know, that looked, you know, Latino. So, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, like a raspa, you know, things like that, yeah. small little words. And you'd be like, what? What are you saying? Right. Another thing, um, a fun, I don't know, I, I learned this and it- it's pretty funny. So in Eagle Pass, we call raspa yukies. And when I moved to the valley, uh, everyone's like, what the fuck is a yuki? Like, what are you saying? <laughs> right. Do
1: you know what a snow cone? I mean, you know what a snow cone is. <laughs> I,
0: know right? snow co- I know what a snow cone is. That's what we call them. We call them snow cones because. We yeah, were I've
1: never heard them, them call it the whole thing until it like, came back to Austin. It was like Let's follow. Yeah. I had never heard that in my entire well, life.
0: Raspas or something if you want to get real. Yeah, kind of that's rude. what I had heard. Yeah. And
1: Yuki's. Yuki's, Yuki's, Yuki's never, never heard.
0: heard. Yeah, that's.
1: Yeah. You scrape the ice. Raspas.
3: <laughs> yeah, literally. That's
0: what <laughs> right. So, point is, I want one now. And I, it's twelve o'clock at night, and I can't get one.
3: But so you get them in the valley.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a guy always on the corner, which is ready to go the block of ice. Just
3: everywhere, man. You know, there's little things that you don't you don't miss. Like like when you go up north, you kind of like you're like, fuck, bro. Like you can't get a striped taco if you go up north. Like (laughs) you you think it's like dumb, but no, bro. Like. Getting a break,
0: a potato and egg taco in the morning is like a dollar? No. I mean, what I miss, uh, this is hilarious to throw back to how I was uh, raised. So it's kind of weird. The first 10 years of my life, I grew up in maybe not the best part of town in Fresno, California. And then the last seven through high school, I lived in a very nice part, newly developed part of Fresno. But those first 10 years, we had the... Tamale lady, or tamale lady, if you want to be proper about it. Six in the morning. Tamale! She was screaming like an insane person, not declaring it, not like, tamales, tamales. It was like, tamale! (laughs) She was like scary. And she'd wake us up at the crack of dawn. She was like our rooster. Just waking up at the crack of dawn, and we would just be terrified because her voice would just like scream through all the cracks and crevices of the doors into your ear. And you can't get that anywhere. I don't get that even in, in... I can find maybe a lady with a stroller in a Walmart around here. Maybe. But that's about as best I can get for the money. So that's,
3: a, that's a very particular thing of Mexico City. There's this uh, dude that... I forget what his name... Uh, Sonidos que, que, que dan hambre. That's his uh, <laughs> Facebook thing. Uh-huh. But the dude goes and he goes to all these uh, vendors that sell uh, street food in Mexico. And how they do their calls like to... There's this one uh, <laughs> there's this one particular trend trans person that like everybody knows because like they dress very feminine right. and and like whenever they speak they sound very manly and and like he, he does it intentionally like that's his like like the the thing that pulls people or whatever right so like you you'll see him like real dragged out real awesome like, <laughs> right and you're, you're, You'll hear him like <laughs> or no "tacos de canasta." <laughs> and I think it's really cool, dude, because I'm like, dude, like he he's trans, and I, I think it's beautiful that he's using like his gift, right? Like right. not all of us are 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 gifted with the, the ability of being like like two people, right? Right. Um, but. I think it's cool that 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 like he kind of brings it to the spotlight and it's not like a an awkward weird or weird thing like everybody knows him. oh
0: that's the guy that sells the the tacos de vapor right right and and man I mean we're going about street vendors man uh the shootings <laughs> no the violence man towards street vendors lately uh Fresno had a real bad one in broad daylight somebody shot and ran up on one of the dude I want to say maybe three weeks ago and you ever
3: seen those uh, those cholos that like they they like uh they uh, they get together and they like call their friends yeah and they go
0: support the, the yeah they'll the, they'll uh they'll protect them they'll they'll have guys yeah. on on call um well
1: they'll
3: also get them to go buy stuff like oh. call up to all their friends and go buy all their stuff like oh yeah
1: oh yeah yeah they have boycott basically it's a boycott they just show up and it's like hey man like uh you you've put in the work all year like and they buy everything in his cart so you can go home early right yeah.
3: I think it's just a beautiful thing that it's coming out from like, uh, this background of like Cholos where they always look at, uh, people that, that are in that the group or whatever, as like negative people. Right. Um, drug addicts, whatever gang bangers or whatever. But it's like when they start doing all this community work, man, like, I, I love this whole idea of community that they, they make and they create. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up, uh, as a low uh, when I was younger, ironically the the lowrider stuff kind of came from california but it's weird because texas is kind of like southern california right very similar like i don't know how they kind of interlock. maybe like they were same thoughts same people. I i don't know
0: it's populations of young american latinos that don't have an identity in mexico but so they have to create their own that's so you didn't want which, the identity from here right but so the thing is yeah right. so you make your own you you carve your own yeah. little spot out because uh as you put Marcos in our facebook post you know you got to be more mexican than the mexicans you got to be more american than the americans it's exhausting uh edward james almost yeah. selena but that's that, that, that's that's not idea that
3: quote man but it's true like, Yeah. but i i think i, I think the that the whole culture is beautiful in the sense that it's like that, that by itself is an identity, you know, yeah. like we were taking up all these old cars and recycling them and making them beautiful, you know, low riders because we know how to fix them. We know how to like pull them apart and we could do these beautiful works of art. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, with the Aztecs, like they always think all oh, these Aztecs were conquered, blah, blah, blah. But they never talk about the art that the Aztecs did, you know, their plumage whenever they would design their, their shields and stuff. Right. Um,
0: they mapped the stars uh, for Christ's sakes. They invented irrigation. <laughs> like Aztecs yeah. did a lot because they had a bunch. Of, like imagine being so bored, you're just like, I think I saw that star before.
3: Huh. Surgeries. <laughs> they, they, they they were the first to like work with surgical tools with obsidian.
0: Right. Um. No. We. Th-
3: and-
1: uh, obsidian is one of those things too, where it was like I had not even like. Well, this goes back to a lot. Why? One of the things I want to talk about in this podcast, like even things like Coco. I never had a, an ofrenda. I never did the those monitos my entire life. I don't know if anybody else here did. Not really. Right,
3: okay. So, okay, Marco I, did. I, I didn't do the ofrendas, and it wasn't up until um, um, I got older that I started doing them. Um, and I, and like at our job, like we do like a cultural uh, a, a community of ofrenda. Where like we invite people from the community to bring pictures of their their past uh their fallen past people or whatever, and they bring pictures of them and we put them on an altar. Um, I usually sponsor all the skeleton stuff. I have like a bunch of stuff. Um, That's awesome, dude. You you can't see them. I don't want to like dip the thing either, but right.
1: But yeah. a good but good. just to just to sidetrack one second and then go back to where we're at now. That I had not heard of obsidian blades my entire life until I saw Deadliest Warrior like four years ago, and I was like whoa aztecs made that shit and it's sharper than steel
0: right (laughs) and he could chop off a horse's head with a club what (laughs) right that's what we took away from that
3: it's beautiful man like the the they're very they they were very they're fragile i'll admit
0: yeah well so are samurai swords and everyone loves them right. Yeah. No, they're like, yeah. People talk about samurai swords. They had to fold it a hundred times. It's, yeah. Cause the, sh- the metal was shitty as hell. <laughs> it, it would snap in half. If you didn't fold it that many times. It was awful. But, um, but that's the other thing that I like when you talk about like low riders and things like that, where people forget. And I didn't even realize until very recently, that's just engineering that you figured out yourself, <laughs> like to lift a vehicle and the hydraulics. I wouldn't be yeah, able to then figure they that used out. To use
3: the, the the airbags from the Cadillacs, like Cadillacs, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, they, they used to come with these like stock uh, airbags of mm-hmm. like the old old nineteen twenties because that's what gave them a real soft uh, ride. Right. And a lot of uh, what lowrider people would do is they would pull those out and put them in other cars so you can drop them and lower them and stuff right. like that.
0: And I realized, how come Transformers haven't made lowriders. I
1: would buy because every. It would, it would be. It would talk in a racist voice, the way the black transformers did.
0: That is true. That's oh, another podcast for this one. Did. Yeah. Latino, of oh, course oh, they did. They do did. It. But I'm talking. I mean, not just the. Not just the. Um, what are they called? Uh, a
2: cameo.
0: No, not a cameo. Yeah. Um, what's the word where something is human when they're really not? There's a actual term for it. Oh, I know what you mean. I, you know what I'm talking uh, about. Point yeah, is, yeah, but
1: I don't have. I don't know the word either. I don't know the
0: word either. It's, it escapes me. But no, I'm talking about like a transformer where, like, yeah, it's a low rider, and then it doesn't speak. in it, hey it's, guys, roll, what's up?
1: In, roll out. In my general, boys. that that is going to be another topic that this podcast is going to cover. In general, which is media representation, which. This is this is a meet the cast. This is a uh, we're going to cover touch everything lightly. Uh, I'm actually getting ideas for more episodes over this podcast. But uh, yeah, it, media representation is definitely uh, a big weird one that me and you
0: butt heads about a, a little All bit. All the time. And and I feel like this is like a teaser. This is like a pilot where you were just throwing out different ideas here and there. Um but did you have anything else on your docket that you wanted to go over specifically when it comes to identification? Do we need do do we figure out what we call ourselves and what the After definitions cool are? is the word you were looking for. I saw it, yeah, because <laughs> because I people are furious about Latinx. Older people, I would say, young people love it. I'm it's not even that much
1: older. It. I would say people our age are mad about it. Like it's us and up. And I don't completely. I had to have it explained to me. Because I didn't know what Latinx was. I right. thought it was like a big cultural movement. And then somebody point blank told me like, no, Latinx is literally a phrase for trans people because they don't ant- identify as Latino or Latina. It's Latinx. So,
0: so, right. So this is kind of And I, I want to kind of put the timeline of how I saw it, because this is something I've been focused on for a long time in terms of the media. We grew up Mexican-American <laughs> was one of the terms. For just everybody, Mexican-American or I'm Mexican. And then you had terms like Chicano, Hispanic, Latino, Latina. And then when I was in college, this is roughly starting in 08 to 12, they had the at symbol. So it was Chicano or Chicanat was the joke, but it was Chicana, Chicano. And so that kind of was like, okay, for both people, it's inclusive. And then I left college and I go, cool, figured that out. Bye. And then the new batch of kids came up and they said, well, that doesn't include everybody because Spanish is a gendered language. We need to include people that fall outside of that binary. So then that's where Latinx came in, or even chicanex I don't know how to pronounce it, but Latinx then rose to as the phrase for, like you said, people who don't identify within the binary. So from there, the old people, and I say old people in the sense of people in their 50s, 40s right now, people that grew up in that Chicano era of the 90s from my perspective in California <laughs>
3: <laughs> they them what they are man <laughs>
0: well the thing is that we're so
1: old now 40s and 50s isn't boomers they're Gen X
0: yeah they're Gen X my sister Gen is Gen X, X. X. my, my sister's Gen X she's one of the most progressive people in the world and she's still she's trying to get it but her brain just can't process it she's just like it doesn't make sense for whatever reason she it's hard for her to even though she wants to get it She can't get it. And that's one way to go about it where you just go, okay, let them do what they got to do and leave it alone and identify yourself whatever you want. But there's people actively raging against it. One, the Chicano movement people are saying that it erases their movement and that it eliminates the history of it, which is a valid concern. But I don't think that it's uh, indicative of of that. It's not meant for erasure, even though some people might take it there. And two... um, the other portion is that Latinx is extremely unpopular for people above like the age of 30. There's like uh, um, polls that people have done. And if you're over 30, you pretty much don't use it. So, Mike, and then then that being said, all the terms that we do use, Latino, Latina, Chicano, Chicano, blah, blah, blah. How do we pick? And how? And well, what do people call us? And what is right? I guess because it, things well, are it, changing so often, we got to figure it like out. It
1: sounds like Marco has a lot to say about this. Let us just let him. Yeah, it's, I want to hear it. It's
3: Weird that like I, you know, we all went in the circle, kind of talking about identity, right? I mean, except me. But I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna mention, like, I remember. So I remember struggling with the identity thing because, like, identity, like, what, what does that mean to anyone, right? Like, what, like. Where are we from, right? Right. Or, where? What do we? Where do we put our roots, or what do we claim, right? What I ended up uh, trying to understand because I remember they asked me that question, and uh, they were asking us that question in college. I uh, had a in Latinos in the U.S. class, and the professor was like, you know, what? What do you guys uh, identify with? Like, what? What do you call yourselves, right? Right. Or where do you rep, right? And I remember thinking, like, what the hell does that mean, right? Because like I don't. Like I was born in Monterrey, I was raised in Far. I'm in college in College Station. Mm-hmm. I moved to Austin. Like, what the what the fuck does that mean? So I remember. I mean, just because I've I've been like trying to like be have like a more you know not universal yeah I guess a universal you can argue um like world view I, I I like having a world view. So whenever they had asked me like, hey man, where are you from or whatever, I remember saying that. Uh, I'm a citizen of the world, right? And they're like everybody laughed. They blew out laughter, yeah. but like my prof, like kind of was like, like, what do you mean by that? And I was like, dude, because I don't believe in borders or nations, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to acknowledge those type of things. Those are man-made. So I believe wherever my feet are, that's where I'm from,
1: right? Mm-hmm. That that's so um...
3: identified to anything
1: so that you came to the same conclusion that I kind of did as I went to Anchorage, um, Lubbock, all these other places. And it's, uh, of all the places that enumerated it, it was Bruce Lee. He's like, they, they asked Bruce Lee in the seventies. It's like, do you want to see yourself as Chinese or American? He's like, what I would really love to see myself is as a citizen of the world, just free to travel and free to learn from everybody. Yeah. I mean, so, and, um, so But, that, but that, that in general is also harkens back to why we're doing this podcast, because we want to see ourselves as that, but we also still want to help. Like we, we are still part of this culture that likes tacos, that, that wants to help the people, that dances to Chente. Like it's its like, and I think that of all things that have ever existed, um, fuck, what's the name of the movie? Um get out does it for black people it's like you have to wear this mask when you're around black people this mask when you're around white people and mexicans have to do that mexican americans have to do that all the fucking time It's right. like oh get on the like one mask
0: right
1: walk into the store it's like put on a different mask it's like oh hello i'm just checking out
0: so then so i i want to I'm playing the worst devil's advocate here because I've been I've had this finger, finger pointed at me so often for not speaking Spanish for not being this that and the other. So there's a huge thing when it comes to the criticism of being a citizen of the world or Latinx or something that is unfamiliar to the definitions that have been given. Which is, at what point are you giving up your your like you said your roots? So what point are you giving up your background, your identity? Because a lot of people link language link food, link uh, music, to themselves and to where they are and to what they're about and their pride in what they are. So for people, when I don't speak Spanish, when I don't know, when it's active that I don't know and where I would like to learn but haven't had the time nor someone to practice with, excuses aside, they hate me. (laughs) They hate people that I don't know speak to me like I'm a monster. And that I don't deserve to have this website, which I invented just to fight that kind of concept, which is what is enough and what is Chicano? What is you, you en- being enough of one and what is being one just in general? So when you want to be citizens of the world, which is the goal for every, we would say, you know, in a kind of an ideal world, what do you tell those people that's, that hold on to those things so tightly?
3: One, I want to argue that I hate that people are calling you off for not speaking Spanish because it's very... Like, you can't fucking, like, white supremacy oppresses us all, right? And the fact that we were assimilated into not speaking Spanish has nothing to do with you speaking Spanish. Like, your your parents were, like, beat, probably, to not fucking speak Spanish. Right. And, like, whenever people try arguing that kind of point, it's just kind of like, dude, like... Okay, great that you don't speak Spanish, but do you eat tacos? Like do you eat tortillas? Like the, the fucking language <laughs> is not the only fucking identity that fucking represents us Mexicans. Right? Like yeah. when I when I try to identify, like and for example, in the census, I like putting mestizo. Mm-hmm. It's not my fault that, that my indigenous side was erased. It was it's, it's destroyed by the conquest, right? right. By the I, I'm
0: six citizens. four. I, I'm six four for a reason, and my yeah. tío Juan, who's from Oaxaca, is five two for a reason
3: because he's he's more indigenous right necessarily mean that you weren't like uh you don't have an indigenous side man all we know is the spanish right right yeah
2: yeah and like to piggyback off like what marco's saying like going back to like what roots are like those are our roots like you know the indigenous people of mexico did not speak spanish until the spaniards came and took over
3: right yeah
0: unless we're speaking right. fucking Nahuatl and shit like that and like what, yeah, which which yeah. which they have like a couple people I know that like teach it still where like I knew in yeah, college there's people that are still know, trying to get it out right
3: re- they're trying to like bring like reclaim it you know one thing that i do have a uh, hope about our generation is that we're trying to go back and dig into those roots um there's a lot of a uh, folk art that's been popping up that's been popping up that's very indigenous inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like, I've noticed that there's a lot of people that are I'll starting to get into like, like printing and stuff like that. Like, I, I think that there's, there's going to be, there, there's like a renaissance right now to try to regain our Mexican culture because it was erased. And I, and I think it's really badass that like whenever I hear like people singing like reggaeton songs or, or whenever like Jeremy was into our music, like we sing in Spanish and I remember one of the interviews that he had done about like the top 10 ska bands or whatever, he had brought up something like, sometimes I don't know what they're saying, but he's like, (laughs) you know that it's like, like, you know that that you can feel it, you know? And I was just kind of like, fucking hey man. Like, you know, we, we, we go in there and and I want people to have a sense of pride of, of, of of our culture. And, And we sing in Spanish because I feel like we've been shamed to speak Spanish. So it's kind of like telling the fucking world, like, you like because we get to fucking like express our our, our language that was taken away from us and we're kind of like reclaiming it when we sing our songs right right and then when we hear the crowd singing them it's even like right better
0: also you were talking about uh our kind of indigenous uh artwork and stuff being brought up this is an artist from asa the guy i forget his name he's on instagram i gotta find him but talking about kind of bringing that idea to kind of our modern age if you want to take a look at this piece of artwork for the audio listeners, it's Super Smash Brothers done in like yeah. Mayan <laughs> uh, Mayan ruin artwork. So you have like it's the whole cast fantastic. there and it's done in that style where you can kind of.
3: Fantastic. Um, I actually follow that artist. So yeah. He fucking does really great work. No, he does. And
0: I saw this one as like Super Smash Brothers, which is what I grew up with as a kid. I didn't grow up with. <laughs> Uh, playing the Aztec uh, ball game, <laughs> you know, through the hoop. I didn't grow up playing that. I grew up playing Smash Brothers. So to have it reflected so, in a way that is indicative of my many, one of my many histories of my genetics and my love, I, and my it blood. Looks like
1: Marco is going to show his own art
3: yeah. right now. So, oh, I, I got so a whole thing. Yeah. Ironically, as, aside from the music stuff that I do, and we're talking about the Space Aztecs, right? Look
2: at that. Oh wow! Dang. Shit,
3: <laughs> that's dope. I like that a lot. Um, i i have a i have this vision and i felt like whenever i painted that one i was thinking of like but you painted that yeah that's, that's, that's my, my own stuff that's brilliant man um, I, I i was thinking like what what would freaking astronauts be like if we did it like if we were in space and we we did our own costumes and stuff i was like would we make them white it's probably not nah we, a lot of our a lot of our stuff's very colorful and, and beautiful so i was thinking like man i'm gonna make his like space suit like pink like, mm. it
0: looks fucking better no nah, we, we got to talk I, ha- I have this uh i they have afrofuturism i have i don't know how to call it right now the tentative uh phrase is chicano futurism i have an idea where you take those elements of like mexicans in space we joked about the engineering elements of oh what if they made lowriders and then they're like oh we can make mechs like gundams but they're but based off of that where it's like okay let's make it upright and then they just make fucking futuristic robots like we have the ability. And the thing is, is that another thing, as myself, third generation, uh, relatively, um, that is what my niece is going to do. My niece is on track to be in NASA because she's super smart. My sister graduated from UCLA, USC, and is able to give her the advantages that other people had before us. So my niece has every advantage. She's smart as attack. My other niece, smart as attack. My nephew, smart as attack. And all of them are going to do all sorts of kind of things. So I go, what if in 50 years, 100 years when their grandkids who've been given every opportunity you know, don't have to climb the hurdles that we had to climb. What are they going to do with those opportunities? Shit, I made this and I didn't have production equipment ever in my life until I got it later and later and there's people that have taken off because they've had access but like at the times where I just started doing it and I was 16, 17. You know, the oldest YouTubers who had access to cameras are now veterans making millions of dollars. If I would have been able to start with the technology... I probably would have been there too, but it wasn't until Wait, now that I got tick, it together. Right? Check out,
3: man! Like with the li- like this is this is how awesome it is as, as us Mexicans that we are. We're very fucking resourceful. Like, right? You don't have fucking studio quality shit, but it looks like studio quality quality. Well, now shit. I do. Like, I work for it. Like I, <laughs> yeah, but like I'm thinking of like you ever seen that movie Spare Parts? No. With George Lopez, like where they? Oh yeah, them. I have. Yeah,
0: I, I know. What you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I have. Like, I saw the. They
3: made all those things out of junk. Right. Like you know like and, and it's kind of a interesting thing that like like a lot of people at work like me cuz I'm very like uh like will engineer shit like I'm MacGyver shit just to make things work. Right. Um, and and I think that's a very th- awesome thing that I think we bring to the table a lot of the time because not a lot of people can do that. Mm-hmm. Like we can make for example, uh, masa, right? There's a million <laughs> ways that we use masa. Right. Right. Tortillas, <laughs> tamales, right. tamales Guaraches, atole, right. <laughs> Dude, everything has masa in it, but like you know, we're we're it's still like seen as like garbage, right? Like they don't oh, see it as value right. or value or, or whatever. But like I think it's coming back, and I think um it, it, soon we'll, we'll see. Well, menudo with a sleeping with a sleeping giant, man.
0: Right, and you you talk about and, and kind of going back to what you were talking about in, at the border, where people they see they see that the people are there and are are the evil capitalist way would be like, they're so exploitable. They're they're ready to be exploited. But people want to reach us, and they don't know how. Because, quite frankly, we don't know how to reach ourselves. When it comes to the movies, they want to make Latino content, Chicano content, but they, they'll get one or two seasons, that's it. I mean, or, the
3: local guy was pretty close. In terms of... <laughs> He was
0: from San Antonio. Well, no. I mean, no, we get some. We we have our pieces Robert, and we Robert we're Robert Rodriguez them. has
1: been making shit for forever. Right. And then he also famously did what you were talking about, like, um, because what was his first movie? It wasn't Desperado with Antonio, but it was that, and Mariachi. El Mariachi. Yeah. He, like, uh, Jerry rigged so much of that movie so that it would look good.
0: No, he edited it on camera. Budget. Yeah, he had, it was like an $8,000 budget. And he was like, all right, I only have one chance to do this. So he just jump up on thing, fling himself down with the action. And and he's like, that's the take. Let's keep it going.
3: Make it work. <laughs> Make it work. So
1: um, A lot of what this is, uh basically, because we're all over the place is <laughs> like, you know, when you pick up a book and you read the back and the summary is kind of all over the place. It's like, oh, where is this journey going to go? That's what this podcast is. It's yeah, the summary of everything. I hope this podcast to cover in the future. Um, so I just want to give like a little bit of light and I'm going to pass the ball to Alyssa about the future for us because we are living at this very weird time where there's a big portion of Mexican Americans that are the new conservatives. I mean, based on what's happened in Miami and Cubans and stuff like it's just a very easy metric that the GOP is trying to reach out for. And as I I don't know if you've seen it, Marco in, the valley but we definitely saw it here in eagle pass where it's like yeah man i'm voting for trump i don't i don't care what he did i don't care what he said he 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 doesn't support unemployment and i just care that he wants people to work
3: yeah it's it's it sucks because like i don't i don't know why we identify with 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 White people. Like, oh, I um, can get there. I can
0: get it when the ball gets to me. I got to figure it out because my dad told me all about it because <laughs> he saw it yeah. happen in real time. But Alyssa, what do you think? Uh, where, where do you think this is all heading?
2: So, I one thing that I think that you know we need to address is just like the anti-blackness that's in the Latino community, like not only towards <laughs> yeah. you know african-americans you know people who are black but also like within you know there are, are afro latinos dominicans
0: well. who are black and puerto ricans who are black yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, or, right. that's a joke with dominicans i'm not black i'm dominican that's a joke that has been fa- made famous on the internet i'm not black i'm dominican that's obviously making a joke about we, you know,
3: it you know what, but that's... What, what's kind of crazy about thinking about that kind of stuff though like what we can't we can't like stop hating other people when we can't stop hating ourselves,
2: you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like one thing that I noticed growing up in Eagle Pass, like where we're what, 98% Mexican. Hispanic. Yeah. yeah. Hispanic. Um, you know, we, we didn't grow up around a lot of white people. We didn't grow up around a lot of black people. We didn't grow up around a lot of Indian people. It was only our culture that we were exposed to. And within it, you see the classism, like the colorism. Oh, yeah. And you just peel back those layers. And it's like you see it a lot. Well, I saw it a lot in those who lived in Mexico and went to school in Eagle Pass. You know, I I don't want to use this term, but, you know, like the fresas. No,
0: no. (laughs) The, The thing is, in order for us to break it down, we have to use terms familiar that people know. So so yeah, let's use those terms people, and address it.
3: Like I don't know if you guys have heard like your parents when they speak in Spanish, like they'll say things like I en India. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Right. And they don't see it as racist. They're like, oh, that's just the saying. And I was like, no, dude, like like <laughs> there, there's people that I've called out, and I'm kinda like, no, dude, like we shouldn't say those things. Right. They're i mean, perpetuating
1: it. It even comes to a point where like we grew up in a ninety percent Hispanic place, but still the darkest Hispanic is negro. JJ i mean would be chino like eh hey, chino what's going on like it's like that's not actually cool right
0: and people will say so i,
3: like, I okay. like hearing the stories of, of of legends like i don't know if you've ever heard the legend of facundo
0: yep i've heard that one yeah 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 go ahead
3: so i'll make it brief like there's a beautiful story of like this guy named facundo um mm-hmm. uh, so so back then like uh, white people were always trying to convert our Mexican names to to uh, uh, English names. So for like Juan, they would call him John. Mary, they would call her, or Maria, Maria. they would call her Mary. Um, but then they got to this kid named Facundo, and they couldn't fucking translate his name because they, they didn't know how to translate it. So, like he became a legend in like in like Mexican folklore of this kid that you couldn't change his name and he gotta keep his beautiful Mexican name. Right. Cause they're like, what do we do?
0: What do we do? Call him we'll call him Fuck. Because no, that <laughs> sounds too much like a swear. Uh yeah. so they couldn't come up with a way to anglicize Facundo. So he kept it. And
2: oh. uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, if I could just um so with that, growing up in Eagle Pass, not being exposed to that, like you know, a lot of it is you see it like you see the self-hate like with you know latinos voting for trump and another thing that i've noticed recently is that a lot of the latinos try to lump their experience in with the african-american experience and it's like that's not the case whatsoever you know we were talking earlier about our identity and how we're able to trace our ancestries back to you know aztecs and things like that
0: loosely at least right (laughs)
2: Yes, obviously, you know, Black people here in America don't have that luxury. They don't know where they came from. Their experience is completely different from ours. And I think that we need to, you know, focus on the colorism that is within our culture and, like, take a hard look at ourselves and be like, it's not Black and white, you know, just because... Latinos get away with specific things, you know, whether because of the color of their skin, there are, you know, white passing Latinos and things like that. Um,
3: all of us.
0: All of yeah. us here. here, yeah, yeah, in this podcast. Yeah,
2: all of us here, for example, you know, we don't have those same things. And like, we need to not see it so black and white as like us versus them mentality, you know we are all going through our struggles and I just think that we definitely need to take a hard look at ourselves and be like, what can we do to undo like this colorism within our own community before we can go out and spew it into the world, you know? Right.
3: right. We're, we're, we're getting very bland, man. Like I think we're very colorful culture, spices, art. um, and, and, and it's just weird, Like uh, Subcomandante Marcos used to call us the the people of the corn because they say that uh, the, there's this particular rainbow corn that's like all the colors. Yeah. Right? Yes. yes.
1: And dude, you're the first person that I've ever met that's read that from anything from Subcomandante Marcos. But uh, I mean, maybe it's because it's your name is on it. That's you were just like, <laughs> I have to see what this dude is saying. Right. I'm joking. No, dude. Uh, <laughs> But uh,
3: so Zapata Zapata's been a hero of mine for years. Thus, the mustache,
1: right? Like, <laughs> right. Well, you were saying everyone got to go around. I, I actually didn't get to say my background for the most part because I just knew culture as culture as a kid because it was basically Tejano culture, playing on Monayala, going to Carne Asadas. Like it was that it was what it was because it was ninety eight percent Hispanic, and it wasn't until I left to go to Lubbock that it was like, oh, there was something there that was completely different and completely like what it is. And then like of all times in my, the the time where I learned that I am, I am Mexican American. I am Mexican. I am different was um, in sixth grade. I had to write a paper. And then all, all my teacher, all my teacher said was pick a Mexican icon. I grew up knowing everything about Texas history, loving history. And I was like Santa Ana. And I was like, you can't get Santa Ana because two students in front of you already got it. Here's Emiliano Zapata.
0: Oh, that started this whole thing. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I didn't know anything about Emiliano Zapata. I was 11, and I go home and I'm like, "Oh, I'm so pissed off, Dad! They they didn't let me write about Santana. They made me write about stupid Emiliano Zapata." <laughs> and my dad was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Right." What <laughs> <Love> you? <laughs> And he was like, let me sit down and tell you the story. And like he, he actually pours himself a shot. And then he's like, do you like living in this country? And I was like, sure, I guess. I mean, I got to watch Power Rangers. I get like, <laughs> right. it. Life is great. Yeah. And he's like, I just want you to know this country has done a lot of terrible things for it to be as good as it is for you today. And that then he goes into the story about who Emiliano Zapata was uh, how Poncho, Pancho Villa was the first, the probably the only person for a good 50 years that was daring enough to attack the United States into New Mexico. Didn't he, was he uh, the, the only it,
0: successful uh, person to take money from, uh, or take gold from Fort Knox? Was it Zapata or was it Pancho Villa?
1: It was Pancho Villa. It was Pancho Villa. Because Nano yeah. Zapata's in the South. More, That's right, where right, his yeah. army was. Yeah. But, uh, so you just go on and you learn all this thing about like, for the people, uh, though it hit, uh, so Miliano Sapato wrote a manifesto And it was he was poorly educated So the admi- the manifesto was poorly written So all the journalists printed it Because they were thinking like Everyone's going to laugh at this stupid motherfucker But they got the idea behind it That it was like Those that work the land should own the land Right And it was like it That's what started the movement And then that's overall The birth of the politics of what made me Who I am today Right
3: you know, it's crazy, like, how, how you know, you, I don't know if you know that I, I love Zapata, like, a lot. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. a, the, the reason that, that he started, like, doing that, like, started the whole thing was, it, it all started when he was nine years old. Um, the the federal government came and took away his dad's land. Mm-hmm. And they they told, like, when they the person, whoever bought him, some capitalists bought it, they told the dad, hey, you can stay there as long as you work the lands. So they took their lands and made his dad work the lands, but he couldn't own the lands that were his. Already, already yeah. Wow. So Emiliano Zapata made it like it like that thing stayed scarred with him since he was like nine years old. And he he would like bully the the, the military officers, like he would mess with them, like like pranks like mess up their guns, like he would sabotage their shit all the time. Right. And then he ends up like, like there's a beautiful saying that he runs up to these kids in a river or in a lake that they're splashing each other. And he asks them like, hey, you guys should join the revolution. He's like, "I, I me gustan los peloneros, like the ones that are fucking <laughs> out. Right. And they were kind of like, what? And they're like, yeah, come come join the revolution. Like, we're, we're, we'll, sign, we'll sign you up right now. Um, it, it, it's a beautiful history. Um, there's a beautiful history about Texas and, and revolutionaries here in Texas called Los Ediciosos. Um, that a lot of people don't know about Lucy Parsons was from Waco. Um, I don't know yeah, I just
1: know about learned her. about her today.
3: <laughs> yeah, her and Albert Parsons were uh, the, some of the Chicago organizers that died uh, in the Haymarket Massacre, right? Um, and and they hung uh, Albert Parsons, her husband, and she dedicated her whole life to to fight capitalism because of them hanging her husband.
0: Right. And
3: but she was from Texas. Um yeah. Emma Tenayuca, also from San Antonio. She was
2: uh, the pecan shellers.
3: Yeah, the pecan shellers. Um Antonio Rendine was from here in uh actually he was from Rio Grande City. He was the one that was organizing here the United Farm Workers and in, mm-hmm. in uh the Melon Strike.
0: Yep. Uh I mean, I, I'm kind of cheating. The Central Valley, San Joaquin Valley, Cesar Chavez, Dolores Huerta, <laughs> uh, the Filipino the leaders. Cesar Chavez, yeah. Like, like that, they, that's they sweet. Mean, yeah. The yeah, grape the strike, general strike, all that stuff. yeah. Uh um, strike. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, so Lupe extends from that. Uh, La, La Unión del Pueblo Entero is uh, uh, the organization that uh, Cesar Chavez created after uh, the UFW because you saw that People were winning better conditions in the fields, but they weren't winning better conditions in, in infrastructure in their neighborhood. Right. So that's what we do now. Like we, we organize a community to kind of like help them better their neighborhoods.
0: Right. And so, Marco, where do you think we go from here with all that? Like, you know, I'll, I'll tell move? you what I
3: tell. I'll, I'll tell you guys, right? Like I'll tell you guys what I tell all the community every time I'm organizing. Like, you know, um, if we were really organized, I don't know where the hell we'd be next week but since we're all disorganized, like, ain't that the goddamn truth. No. So,
0: so my father was a union organizer. So I know a lot about organizing and I see how disbanded we are as a unit. Yeah. And it's just that, that hurts. It's funny, but it hurts. It's, it's, It's a shame,
3: but it's true. But damn, man, I swear to God, if we work together, like who the hell knows? Come on. We build everything. We pick all the food. Like, We're in everything. We're every every state. We're like the majority. We're very under we we don't represent ourselves because we don't wanna blast ourselves that we're there, right? Mm -hmm. But we're there. Like you go any white neighborhood, you're gonna see a Mexican. Like we're there. Right. We're just like (laughs) underground. We don't we don't wanna like we don't we don't show off.
0: I've always had an idea for a post apocalypse film, just like an element of it. Where everyone, you know, society goes to hell. And everyone's fighting over crops and land, or not, not even crops, just like resources and whatnot. I always had this vision of, like, oh yeah, what if Latinas just kept working the fields and kept the fruit <laughs> and always had resources? Like, the people who own it wouldn't know how to work the land. So they would be, no. they'd be, they, you know, they'd be in their high castles and they'd get looted in the zombie apocalypse. But yeah. with all those crops there and all the processes, who knows how to use it? You know, so, immigrants of every type.
3: Did you ever see the movie A Day Without a Mexican? It's
0: been a long time, yeah. Yeah,
3: that's so that, that fucking rowdy. Like,
0: it's
3: awesome. Everything went to shit. Right. <laughs> like yeah. went to shit. Nobody it's cut their ter- yards. Nobody
0: ate. Right.
1: <laughs> not to rain on everyone's parade, but I just have to play devil to advocate a little bit just because I've been involved with two or three things that it's like, let's get organized. This is time to do something. And it could be as small as getting a councilman elected and as big as. Trying to get Bethel over the fucking Ted Cruz, but it's why do we end up always being crabs in a bucket? Uh, like I, when it comes to specifically Mexican Americans, that was Lupe,
3: going. Lupe, as far as Lupe goes, I feel like they go that way all the time, right? And and I and I feel like a lot of the times, like whenever I've, um, like whenever you work in those in, in nonprofit sectors, it feels like sometimes you're you're limited. And, and but I I've always I've also liked. That I've learned to organize outside of it. Like, yes, they play an important part. Like, Lupa is very important for this community. Like, they do a lot of great work. Um, but we also need a lot of other support. Like, it does. Like, they shouldn't be the only organization trying to fight change and challenge things. Um, we were organizing here with the IWW for a long time. Um, we started our own chapter, and we're organizing over labor rights. Mm-hmm. Um, we we do. I, I'm a firm believer in direct action. Like. Uh, not a fan of the ballot box that like you can't, I, I don't believe you can change things through the ballot box. I think you can get things done. If you protest, you put some elbow grease in the The direct action gets the goods, man.
0: Right. And that kind of goes to where I think where we're headed, which is not good <laughs> because <laughs> the idea is for me, what I see is, so you talked about why, why there's the Trump supporters and kind of the differences between people. And so, first of all, as, I always point to this is that, like, and this is going to be controversial perhaps, but Mexicans inherently are from two different warrior tribes. You have the most vicious Spanish conquistadors spreading disease and murder and steal across the whole country just to convert people. Then you had Aztecs who were cutting out the hearts of people in the other part, they were in the wrong part of the jungle. So it's like, all right, that guy looks like he's, he's slightly different than me. I'm going to rip his heart out, kick him down the stairs. So we have all this conflict in us, I feel that just like just from what we're born of, which is just it wasn't natural like other you know people were just came to be other cultures, and yeah, there's war and things like that. but this was uh, you could there's a moment when we were invented. The Spanish came, tried to take everything, and then it almost worked out. We fought back, we mostly died, the Aztecs mostly died, and then everything just mixed to be to be gentle, mixed, and here we are. And so with that Diesel kind of understanding of what we know, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, like, this may be a different conclusion, but it's just and it is something that I feel like sometimes is true. And it's very tragic if it is true. Um, Are we just kind of like Africa in a way in the sense that Africa is this country that uh, colonialism divided them into lines they didn't believe? So they just – now it's overall – well, not all of it. I'm speaking in very broad terms. But it's a place where they just follow war leaders like in Sudan and stuff like that. No. Is that why – because honestly, like when it comes to at least some people that were following Trump, it's like that dude's an asshole. He says his mind and he's going to change things. See, and,
0: I see, mine comes from a different area, which is uh, – Okay. It's, a, it's because we were created through violence and – And very recently, several hundred years, we're not that old of a of a type of people. Mm -mm. We don't really belong anywhere other, like, because we're like remnants of Spain, but we have the (laughs) lands and the architecture of the Aztecs and the Mayans, but but we have the language of the oppressor, if you would, you know, uh, an English Latin. Language, the same as English and, and all that stuff. So what do we do with that combination that was forced upon us? And depending on what side you consider, is yourself. So me, I consider like kind of my baseline more of, along the Aztec lines of my identity. Because I, I, I'm 6'4". I'm lighter than all hell. My sisters have anemia, which is a Spanish blood disease. But ultimately, there's nothing that, there's more familiar to me of Mexican culture and Aztec culture than Spanish culture. So you already have that dichotomy where some people want to identify as the more anglicized version of themselves, where you get the people, oh, the light skins are the better. I don't want to look like an indio, you know, the uh, the hueros versus the negros. And you get that, and it's ingrained in us. Yeah, morenos, all that's the morenas. It's ingrained in us for so long. Then you get to people and I, I like to call it Arizona because fuck them generally <laughs> because <laughs> because they're the ones that vote Republican and they say we don't want those goddamn beaners to come on our side of the border. But it's like you know, they'll say we came here illegally. It's like, bro, your great grandparents set up camp a few miles north of this arbitrary line that doesn't make you any better, and your last name is an E Z, and they're gonna pick on you just the same as those guys. Like you had said earlier about those the DPS messing with you. Versus messing with – and not even wanting to mess with people that – that what their job is supposed to be, which is not a good job anyway. So people, I think, do the things that they think will not – will keep them out of trouble. And so a lot of that for a long time was identifying as white. And up until it was at the 70s, Hispanic, Mexican were considered white on the census until they split us off. But there's some people, I think, that still uh, idealized that the anglicized version of themselves, which then leads into, bleeds into the anti-blackness, the homophobia, the transphobia, all the phobias because if you deviate from the norm, you could be put yourself at risk. And so I think it came probably, I wonder musing if it could be out of protection for themselves during the very violent eras of United States history. But at this point we have to break those things or else we're just going to die. We're going to die by them because if if someone votes for Trump, uh, as a Mexican or Latino and say, oh, man, I'm glad that the illegals are going to have their papers checked. Well, guess what? They're going to check your papers, too. And if you don't have your ID on you, don't matter how good your English is, doesn't matter how light your skin is. If you look even kind of Mexican, they're going to push you in the cage just the same. They put it a 17 year old kid about three years ago. They did the same thing. And they think they're exempt and they're not. And I think that's where it comes from. And then the other ethnicities have different versions of that. Like Cubans, not to call them out specifically, but Cubans are very conservative. Uh, that well,
3: shit, when they fucking let you and they pay for your fucking status. Right. <laughs> right. That was the thing. So so,
0: so for, for those of you who don't know, real quick, Cubans have uh, essentially refugee status. So they swim across the 60 miles of boat. They touch down. They hit their hand on Florida like the goddamn end zone. And they're citizens.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you know any stories about this, like because Fresno, I don't think is that close to the border, but yeah, there's people that run across the bridge and then the, they just touch it and they're like, "No, soy Cubana, soy Cubana, like you right. have to let me in
0: right right, and and we don't have that, <laughs> we don't have that, we have Tijuana, <laughs> which is just as fun They're, they're literally yeah.
3: crossing a damn ocean, we're crossing a fucking river.
0: Yeah. But they get that status, they get that protected yeah, status they where get they get the citizenship. Status.
3: We don't get shit. Right,
0: and so we, we feed everyone. Right, and then and then that's what happens where and, and you see that Marco. It's in your voice because you understand it. But, but I'm
3: already
0: getting no, off. no, no, no. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the I mean, here's the fucked up thing. Here's the fucked up thing. <laughs> Fucking Cubans and, and Carlos is in the chat. Fucking Puerto Ricans. No, <laughs> fuck with them. But um, no. But here's the problem. They're on our team. And and they're nothing like us. No, they're nothing like us. But from the outside, so, no, from the outside, you're telling me that a white guy knows the difference between a Cuban and a Mexican.
1: So this is going to be an another episode that we're going to have in the future. But one of the big, one of my big role models, outside of everything that we talked about, was Che Guevara. And then in the Motorcycle Diaries, he, there's a speech that gets basically uh, shortened, or where he says everybody from Argentina to the Rio Grande is one people, and we need to unify. It's not true. We're, we're completely
3: <laughs> right. different people right. from margin.
0: <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, is like and, and Alyssa, cause you, you're very down with uh, uh, anti-blackness as well. Their histories were erased and in a weird way that benefited them in their abilities to organize because they, you could unite behind their lost history. I feel. And because ours are so tied to what what we could still read and hell in the fucking rocks carved into the earth. We can still mm-hmm. see our, our what we are, and, and really so people totally want to hold and on, did on to that.
2: practice as well. Right like yeah. so
0: so you know that's what one thing that black folk I feel have above like better than us generally culturally, which is that they can figure out a way to put their shit aside because quite frankly, they don't know the specifics because it was taken from them, stolen from yes. them. Um,
3: we, we don't know our specifics.
0: but we, we know but, but we're only uh, Mexicans are only what several thousand years old. We can figure it out a little bit. We have Zapata. We have okay. those things. No,
1: I I, I think that Marco is right about that. We don't we don't know the specifics of our history. Like, it, I I do think that you are a little bit wrong on this one. You are right that the idea of classism and racism just being so prevalent, like uh, I think uh, Brown versus the Board of Education is like the 70s, right? Like it is a unifying factor. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to us as Mexicans, like I can. Uh I, I shared an article once that was like the Texas Rangers are literal monsters for what they did to Mexican Americans. And like everybody was Rangers. Yeah.
3: Like everybody, everybody in the it, valley knows them knows them. Like like I always I would always tell like black people like, hey man, like they hung you guys from tree and they dragged us from horses. Like right. we're kind of on the same team. Right. <laughs>
0: We are in this, yeah. We're, there's a lot of teams that we share, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, a lot of common goals that we should be teaming up on, but because we're stupid, can't get out of our own way. Out of you're, our own well, way, it's right? Weird it.
3: that, it's weird that when you guys are mentioning the the, the Afro identity or the, the, yeah. the lack of that they don't have their history, and I'm kind of like, dude, that that literally sounds like us. Like we don't we don't know where we're from.
1: We're <laughs> we, don't, we, we, we don't know where we're from. We don't know about the massacres that happened like Paravanid and stuff like that. Like we don't know like as much as we think we know, and it. That's also something that I, I, I feel that needs to be put out there. Like, the whole idea, and, like, as much as this is a very idealist version of, like, Coco, it's like, oh, yeah, that's your grandma. That's your grandma's grandma. Like, we don't actually have that. At least I don't. Like, I know my grandma, and that's it. Like, I don't have, like, a history of what happened. In fact, it gets dark past my grandpa- grandparents. It's like, to, yeah, yeah. they <laughs> It's like they were chased out, they were this, they were that. Like it's it's mm-hmm. ugly past my grandparents. Right. <laughs> what were you gonna
3: say, Alyssa?
0: Yeah.
2: What I was gonna say is that yes, while we do unite on that front, I think the one thing that kind of jumbles everything and that kind of turns everyone against each other, so to speak, is just not recognizing that while well, yeah, you know, this is a unifying thing every culture has its own struggle in its own way and we all need to kind of come to terms with that i guess instead of trying to just lump everyone into some creating a solution a one-size-fits-all solution basically
0: see the only thing i i I have against that which is the people that we're trying to convince don't know the difference between the different struggles we know because we feel it and we know it intimately Mm -hmm. So and, and this is where I, I tend to skew from the general accepted progressive ideas when it comes to these types of things. Um, but I still have I feel solid f- foot to, to stand on, which is. If we're just trying to convince ourselves, we can do that, we can we can specify our different struggles in specific ways and we can tell the Cubans have their own problems, the Puerto Ricans have their own problems, the uh, El Salvadorians have their own problems. and We have our own Mexicans have their own. But if we're trying to convince everyone else and in the sense that, hey, stop shooting us in the face. Hey, stop not letting us buy homes in certain areas. Hey, stop calling us rapists and all that nonsense. Our message has to be in some way united. Civil rights movement, that was united and it was broad and it had specific demands that ultimately weren't met, but it was still something that got, you said, the needle moving. Activism gets the needle moving. And as it is right now, first and foremost, we can't figure out what we want first. The, the, first, in the first place, we're too busy trying to figure out. Latin, you know, Chicanos are mad at Latinxs, Latinxs are mad at Chicanos, and and we're fighting amongst ourselves over fucking titles, where it shouldn't even fucking matter. Because hey, guess what? They're still beating sh- people on the border. They're still cutting uh, bottles of water open so these people drown or drown, uh, dehydrate and die in the yeah. desert. So, until we get that together, we got We got to come up with something unified. So that the message is more broad and that people can consume it easier. I've always been a proponent of simple messages. Yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll finish this point nice. up and then, and then do it. When you look at like the UF, the farm workers, their messages were simple. Si se puede, uh, Viva la huelga. It was all very uh, coin catchphrase almost advertising. <laughs> I think the little, we could benefit from a little bit of that. And I think we got to figure out what that would be to help all of us just to get the ball rolling before we can get the specifics. Let us get into some power. Let us get some power and then we can sculpt it to what we need it to be. That's my viewpoint.
2: For sure. And I think we kind of have the same viewpoint. It's just kind of the right. steps are backwards. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> as like a step two, I, I see like us, you know, within, you know, different Latino cultures having to get our shit together with like our colorism and, then, you know, right. all the, we right. have the past traumas that we've go through generations after generations. Like, you know, one thing that I will touch on is Mexican machismo yep. It Yep. affects both, you know, women and men in the Mexican culture. You know, women have a specific role and- Men die of heart know.
0: disease because we don't go to the doctor.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and I feel like machismo kind of also touches on, you know, one thing that I've been able to kind of realize, you know, speaking with different people that have opposing views in me, Latinos specifically, you know, mexicanos, is that like that whole for whatever reason that bootstrap mentality is kinda tied with machismo for right. so whatever yeah.
0: Uh pride. That it's pride. It's really ugly pride, selfish pride. Um. yeah
2: and you know one thing that i will you know uh marco said earlier you know he thinks that action is or not much can be done through the ballot box it has to be through you know direct action and process and i a thousand percent agree with that i do but i also think that there are some things that can be done politically like you know moving that small needle you know like the whole uh, brown versus board of education like those things were done politically to advance us and, you know, hypothetically speaking, like, we shouldn't have to be going through these things, you know, like, we shouldn't have to be proving in a court of law that, you know, brown people matter, but at the end of the day, we have to to get to that point, it can't just be zero to 100. And I will use, I 1000% believe that we should defund the police. But, you know, with fix, ex, uh, with Prop B right now in San Antonio with fix SAPD, it's a reformist idea but at the same time it's a small step in the right direction and that's why i back that small reform right.
0: and and marco i know where you're going cuz i feel the same way brother so <laughs> so let me let me let me temper let me temper it because i'm right in the middle of both of you because i do think you need something you need people you need pieces of paper to let people know what the rule is well, but then direct action is the way but here's what i want to say because direct action does work but a lot of people got to die and that's let's get, let's just hear what Marco has. I, I just want to temper it with that because I think because I see the way you you're fucking you want to go with the signs and you want to go to the face of the of the place that you're protesting and look the people in the face. That's how I want to oh. do it, but I'm terrified because I'm a wuss and a target. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I want to lead you let's, in with that. Let's let's, uh, yeah, I want to lead you in with that because I get you.
3: Uh, <laughs> huh. So how can I? debate this in the simplest form. We have a democratic everything right now, right? Why ain't shit changing?
2: Cause the Democrats like that's so I saw this really great tweet the other fucking day. It has a bottle it has a bottle of Windex and then a Gatorade and they poured both into uh, Gatorade bottles, and it's like vote Democrat, you know, no matter vote you, no matter who the fuck it is, you know. And I feel that way about the mayor of San Antonio. He's a Democrat, you know. He stands up for gay rights and everything, but at, you know, at the end of the day, he's meeting with the police union behind closed doors because he thinks it's going to further his campaign. Democrats are just as fucking crooked. Like I 100% agree, but I'm talking specifically about. Not necessarily people, but, like, laws and things that fall into place.
3: Like, what laws when the Constitution wasn't made for us?
2: No, absolutely. Absolutely. But, like, so when it comes to... Report?
3: Like, you know, you know what I thought was awesome that Brazil did? They fucking lit everything on fire, and then they all of a sudden started rewriting the Constitution.
2: And, and I mean, what happened here? they burned down a police station, and suddenly Democrats are introducing all of these bills onto the floor. I a thousand percent agree, but from a local level
3: It's so no- act locally, think globally. I think I'll agree with you in the sense that like on the local level that right. like when people get involved, like the direct action that they do, I've seen it work and I've seen it change. But I, I feel like we're we're still getting crumbs, man.
2: Absolutely. Are we still getting right.
3: treated like second second class citizens and and you know like like just because we get to go to school now like we're we're better
0: it's you know yes, the, it's, board,
3: the board versus brown of education or whatever was actually started in, in, in San Antonio with the Gonzalez against Texas or some like right that. right right but that never gets brought up
1: right yeah so well, that goes back to us not knowing the history and then um we are about sadly out of time um, just
0: getting spicy come on <laughs> This is why you tune
1: in next next. Well, not next week. This is a (laughs) biweekly podcast, but it's just so I I think that we got of all funny things to happen of this podcast. It was I didn't expect Alyssa not be
0: radical enough is a thing that would happen. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) that's what we like. No, but that's what we like. That's what we need.
2: What's um, interesting is that I fundamentally like. Agree. I believe, like, I believe that we should fucking drag them. We don't need billionaires, but are billionaires <laughs> gonna fucking give up their money? Absolutely not. What are we gonna have to do? Black them out of the fucking house and do whatever we need to do. Right. The point of it is, is that I'm also a realist. And people, like, you know, working with Fixing city. people are so fucking scared of the phrase, like, defund the police. And like, with radical action, I just feel like it's
0: i i I know why i know why to to my point defund the police sounds scary and it's not good for advertising (laughs) (laughs) but uh (laughs) let's let's
1: just uh let me let me bring it home everything's gonna be fine i promise just follow me uh (laughs) so what the whole idea for this podcast actually of all places and this is gonna piss off sam Came from the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, uh, you know,
0: I'm pissed off. I'm definitely pissed off because <laughs> fuck but, Joe Rogan.
1: Okay, but you, do you you do like Ashy Larry?
0: Donnell uh, Rollins, yes,
1: yes. So he had this thing that where he talked about that when white people make a podcast, other white people jump in to help them. They help promote them. They do all this other stuff so that they succeed. But he was like, when black people make a podcast. There ain't no one to help you. No one supports you. They're just like, whatever, dude. No one wants to hear you talk. That is doubly true if you're Mexican. I can't think of one Mexican with a podcast. I know your friend was on another one, but. I was
3: already going to say, like, you know how to discredit any Mexican, right? Like, you could have a college degree or whatever, and they go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. No, that's it. Because I've seen. You
3: graduated from Harvard.
0: No, I I see it because I've met people in the space and like, yeah, I'm I'm Mexican. I have a podcast, 300 people, followers, and and they're doing good work. And it's like, okay, we got to find them. We got to find them because they're hiding somewhere The people that are like us. And that's why I invented them excellence. This was actually the core reason. I know we do a lot of nonsense and movies and, and, and other commentary, well, the, but this, this is, is the, the first meat and potatoes. thing that
1: you've done towards this, which is like, this is para la gente. This is for us to communicate. And I'm so glad that of all people, Marco was able to come here because he's been doing this for years down in the Valley. And this is what we need. If you want to make a political change, sometimes first you got to make a cultural change you got to get people together can you imagine what would have happened if Selena was the, the big cultural hit that she was and then afterwards would be like hey we should form our own political party or something like that like right. that's what I think. I,
3: don't, I think we gotta we gotta use our platforms right and I don't want to take credit I don't, I don't like I don't like saying like I do this and I do that like our band does it right like the, the stags right. are, 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 are an autonomous group. Um, we all do the work. We all contribute to helping our community. It's not like, a, like I did this uh, forever. Like it's, it, it, it's a very collective group. I, I love that we make all, all the decisions in our band. Everybody's treated as equals. Um, I, I do want to say that that, and this is, this is as much as I'll agree with you, Alyssa. <laughs> we'll <laughs> take it. We'll level. take it. In, in our, in our, in our band, we vote. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a vote. And, and that's like the fairest thing we do but even in in like so when we talk about direct change and direct uh action and stuff like that we we we're, we're never promoting like fucking like hey you know support this bill or whatever we're, we're 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 supporting but we're asking people to support like the very basic needs right like, like make like
2: safe, and stuff right
3: We'll make safe Spaces for like people, right? Like in our in our shows, like we make sure that people get called out and shit like that. Like we want to make sure that 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 people feel safe and, and comfortable in the spaces. Um, we we want people to know that 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 their their rights as workers. We want people to know that there there's someone that will support you if you, if there's uh um um like if you need to get an abortion. Like we want people to see us as a resource, you know, not yep. just. Band and and for us doing that i feel like we're supporting the community and i think we people like us because of that and it's just like a mutual like so that's it's that's literally mutual aid that's what mutual aid is like mutual aid gets thrown around a lot like i i don't i don't like the the term a lot or i don't like the way the term's been used because people seem to think that it's charity it's not charity mm-hmm. mutual aid when we help each other out and we're trying to bust we're trying to uplift everyone not just like one person you
2: know like right. yeah yeah I, know, I mean i don't disagree with whoever like there, are, you know community fridges you know popping up all around you know san antonio and i i've seen it firsthand like when we lost all the power our fucking politicians didn't do shit it was all right. the mutual aid people who were running around and making sure that everyone was okay and door knocking. And if, you know, finding people with big trucks and Mm -hmm. being home delivered diapers and formula and blankets to people. And absolutely. Like I 1000% believe that the power lies, you know, within the people, you know, I'm very blessed
3: and I I say blessed to have a very uh, beautiful circle of friends and, and people that love doing that type of work. So I know that if I ever need help, like, in trying to help the community, like, the help's there, man. Yeah. Like, I, all I got to do is ask, and everybody's willing to do fucking anything. Like, um, when we're doing, I remember there's, like, for all those causes that we have, like, dude, we were blasting a bunch of, like, for the benefits for, um, we're doing benefit shows for, for like, the, the 43 that were disappeared from Mexico. They, they ended up doing a tour, like, towards uh, over here, like, in, in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. We've done a bunch of abortion fundraisers. Um, thanks to Denny, Denny's the one that leads those, and and she like organizes all these groups and puts us all kind of into shape so she can like so they can support um, women getting access to abortion since all the clinics are closed here in in South Texas. Right. Um. So I I think I think that we need a lot of that and and i think that we got to start like i'm 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 not concerned about the the politician in the city of mcallen i'm more concerned at the more grassroots at the root of all this because i can't focus on them right like it's it's there's more need in 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 our spaces and than the things that are going i mean yes those things affect me but there's more things being affected (coughs) in little spaces
1: right well, this is my small way of using my small platform of trying to get trying to bring a spotlight to that. We, we did. I mean, highly pop-
0: successful, number one ranked Chicano Latino Latinx podcast well, in there's America. Actually
1: not a lot of Chicano podcasts to begin with,
0: which is why we're probably in the top tier. We're working on being number one, coming soon. But
1: um, the overall thing is that, like, I'm trying to break it down for people like us, and I'm trying to the other podcast that we that I primarily work on is a political podcast where it's just like trying to break down those issues for people like us as well. And I think between those parts and between the fun shit that we do on the side, I think that's the best that we can do. And I'm hoping, uh, and I'm going to use you a little bit as a role model that I want to do more stuff in the community like that. I want to learn how to organize. I want to learn how, if it just because governor Abbott doesn't want to do shit, like, I mean, I want to do more than just lift shit whenever people, whenever another snowstorm happens and it's like, Oh, all right, let me help you. Let me push your car out of the stuff. Like I want to at least, like how you said, build the community so that we can help each other through thick and thin
3: small, small acts, man. Like don't, you know, It don't, don't romanticize this, like <laughs> pushing, pushing someone's car or whenever they're stopped, like that's a lot, dude. Yeah, um, um, helping helping somebody whenever they need help. Like buying, dude, buying a plate of food for your friend. I do that all the time. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, those, those little things like help so much, man. Like it, it's all about building relationships, and it's not about being fake, man. It's just about being honest, right? Like, being friends.
1: Well, that is one hundred percent what we're here about. Here is being sincere, and um, man, I loved having you on this podcast. I loved having you speak. Uh, I loved both of you guys for coming back. Um, Thanks. This is the first episode of Maso Menos Mexicanos. the chat looked like they were having fun, even though it's mostly Carlos just
0: (laughs) no, no, but we've had people coming in and sticking around. And so I want to thank you, Marcos, of course, or MJ for hosting the show, for coming up with the concept and putting into an idea I had for a long time into actual paper and and physical, uh, show programming. Alyssa, thank you for coming in and giving your delightful insight. You were a pleasure to have on as well. And we're going to have you on again for this one. And Marco, um, God, what a way to start! I love it, man. I, I really love what you're about. I love what you're doing, and um, I I, 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 want you to have you, I want to have you back on again when we get this show a little more polished, so we can kind of get this a little more uh, pointed, like an obsidian blade, and uh, <laughs> and no, and that way we can we can get into the meat of it because I know you're a real smart guy, and I want to see uh, more of what you want to, what you want to talk about and get to. Oh, stop. Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> but I do appreciate everybody for uh, listening and watching. Uh, it's time for the outros. Marco, stop. God damn it. It's so hard. I gotta sh- I- I've got i yet to get it down. MJ. MJ. Yes, sir. Where can they find you?
1: All they got to do is type JLMarco62 into anything, including Words With Friends, and I'll pop up. Uh, downstairs, Alyssa, where can they find you?
2: They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at pat underscore bun. Um, also, if you want to follow my vinyl DJing, um, it's Strawberry Jams Vinyl. We do. Uh,
0: we do. Strawberry Jams Vinyl. Follow yeah. it.
2: Mostly on Instagram. We on don't, Instagram. We have a Twitter, but we don't tweet.
0: Promote your stuff. <laughs> this is the part where you shill your favorite things, such as Marco and his band that we actually, we talked about, but didn't actually go into uh, uh, everything and any shows coming up. I know COVID times, I don't know where you're going to be at, but yeah, uh, go ahead and plug what you got to plug, man.
3: We're, we're kind of... Um... In, in, like, uh, not I don't want to say a hiatus, we're kind of like on a break right now because of COVID. It's kind of, of been difficult for all of our, our mental health. Um, it is an eight piece band, so it's yeah. kind of like uh intense, but you can definitely find us at Skagando Palo. Um, we, we are uh <laughs> on Instagram at Scarando Palo and Los Cagaleros uh, on Facebook and we left it at Los Cagaleros. Um, we, we actually had the at symbol. For, I like, saw like, that. And, I did NDOs see that. For the longest time, but we like, it's very hard to put that on like. Access, finding,
0: finding it. Yeah. SEO. Yeah.
3: But, but it, it's cool. Like we, we made, we wanted to make sure that that everyone felt welcomed whenever we made our band. And I know that they brought up the X thing, but like, I don't, I don't know if we've ever like talked or had a discussion about like, Switching those to X's. Right. We haven't voted on that one yet.
0: Exactly. No. Not yet.
3: <laughs> all right. Well, because we think that the ad symbol kind of says both. It's like, it's speaking of the duality.
0: Right. You know? And I thought yes. that too. If we're going to go back to a little last little uh, epilogue. Yeah. I like the ad is definitely both at all, I would say. Yeah. but uh, And
3: I think a lot of people, like I, I've had people come up to us and be like, oh, you're from Las Cagaleras. And I love like whenever they, they switch it up. hmm Because, like, um, and I I always tell them, like, yeah, yeah, that's our band, yeah. Erlos Cagaleros, like, we always tell them, like, Erlos Cagaleros, I really want to pronounce it, it's up to you. Right. And, like, people are very, like, cool about it.
0: All right, well.
3: You find me at Shipley's Art. I have my page. (laughs) Yeah, Um, you do art? Yeah, well, that little space band is mine. Wait, so hold on. I thought you bought it, like, saying, No, no, no. no. You make art. said he made it.
0: Uh, How do you spell it?
3: At Shipley's Art.
0: Like the Shipleys Donuts? Oh I got the Shipleys Donuts. Shipleys. Yeah. Right. I didn't even know that was a thing. Hold on. Let me just let me just find it so uh, I can get you here. Is it yeah. Shipleys uh, with the S? Alright,
3: yeah. All right. There the we room. go, Marco. There you go. All right.
0: Allie beat me to it. All right, there we go. And I'll I'll put it all in the description. Oh man, that's real good stuff. I oh. might have to commission you for things. Anyway, another time, <laughs> another conversation. <laughs> All right then, Marcus, take us out of here.
3: How do we? How do we? Oh, the other game. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you
0: were going to pull
1: out your sax, your saxophone, and play us out. Like that's I was,
3: you know, I've been in put put in so many awkward positions with that damn saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> I was because it's, was it's the best
1: the, instrument. It's all about that sax.
3: I was asked to play like in a hardcore band once, and I remember being like super confused, but they were like so into it.
0: Well on that note, that, we don't that got is no a conversation sex conversation for another time. Everybody no, just probably
1: not on a podcast, but I would love to hang out with you and get a, grab a beer with you, and then we can talk about grindcore and stuff like that yeah. if you want. Yeah, it was interesting.
0: But until then, let's wave bye to everybody on the video and we'll see you all next time. Audios. Uh follow
1: us t- tomorrow for
0: Tommy and McGrew. McGrew's reviews. Come, come back. We have McGrew's reviews uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're doing Oscar pre-show. Oscar pre-show. Come join us. All right, everybody. Bye for real. Bye.